Well, good day to all of you and welcome to another edition of the Raise Your Mug podcast brought to you by Country Jam USA. I'm Kathy Wright, the general manager at Country Jam and uh, excited to bring you today some stories from the road. Um, thrilled to welcome our guest today, one of my oldest and dearest friends in this business, Mr. Tim Siegler. Hi, Tim. How are you? Hey, Kathy. I'm doing good. How are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. We were just giggling as we jumped on this podcast on whether it's actually morning or afternoon. And, and I loved your comment back and it just said it depends if you're a musician or not. Absolutely. Yeah, it's uh, one o'clock, but we're still dealing with the daylight savings time. So noon is about, uh, I think, average wake up call for a lot of musicians after a long weekend. <laughs> because last night you were probably what in Stillwater? Where were you? Where were you singing some tunes yesterday? Yeah, yesterday I was at uh, Ziggy's in Stillwater. I play down there. I do a solo acoustic every every Sunday afternoon. So it's kind of a today is my my Friday, the start of my weekend. Excellent. Now, last time I went and saw you at Siggy's in Stillwater, there was an older gentleman there who I think is maybe a regular. Um, and boy, could he dance. Oh, yes. He was there yesterday cutting a rug. So we love that was love fantastic. That. I can't remember his name. Um, anyway, he yeah, he threw me around that dance floor like a rag doll. And uh, I was exhausted. And he's probably 35 years older than me. So that was a ton of fun. Yeah, it's, uh, it's always inspiring when you see you guys get out there in their 80s and cut a rug like that. Yeah, and you know, that's a lost art, I think, to so many younger people is. is the ability to actually dance with a partner. And, he, you know, he asked me to dance and I said, absolutely. And he finally, he looked at me and he said, I got one thing. And I said, what? And he said, you need to let me lead. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it was great. So, Tim, um, first and foremost, we are so excited um, that you are going to be back at Country Jam this year. It's been a while. Gosh, it has been. I Do you remember how many years it's been? I, I can't remember the last one. It's probably been six or seven years. Yeah, you know, there was, you know, I left the event in 2012 and came back in 2019. And I, I so I'm not sure how often you played on what I call the in-between, but um, I know it's been at least, it's been at least a good decade since other than when I went inside Stillwater a couple of weeks ago since I've seen you. So um, tell us a little bit about the Tim Siegler and the Tim Siegler band. Well, gosh, well, I'm St. Paul, Minnesota musician. And so uh, right up here and play a lot of shows in Wisconsin, Western Wisconsin, primarily. And then, uh, you know, East Metro a lot, um, you know, lots of change since COVID, but uh, before COVID, you know, I was playing God, 275 to 300 shows a year. Oh my so gosh. It's, uh, it's definitely a, a full-time job and uh, lots of, uh, lots of losing the voice and, and worrying about the liver along the way. Yeah. <laughs> I know you said it's your Friday, so your voice sounds like it's ready for a little rest. I probably should have given you a couple days to recover, oh, but, and you do, I mean, basically you are, you're really a country musician. Is that fair to say like that's country and maybe classic rock? That's your wheelhouse? Yeah. I mean, country music's definitely, definitely our wheelhouse. We do a lot of rock and roll too, you know, just like a lot of the, the big bands that you guys have out there at Jam. You know, we got to throw in a little Leonard Skinner now and then, a little Bob Seger, Springsteen, some of that stuff. That's awesome. That's awesome. And you have a favorite country musician. Is that fair to say? 
I do. I do. You do. I think we share share the same favorite. So tell me a little bit about your obsession with him. (laughs) I I mean, obsession sounds a little weird, but I suppose in a way. I have no problem saying George Strait. Wait, what? I was going to say Eric Church. Hold on a minute. Well, oh, I threw you for a curveball there. I know you did. You did. So George Strait is your man. George Strait is my all-time favorite by far. He is. So what is your favorite George? That's, I mean, that's not even, that's like asking me what my favorite ice cream is. Like, so if you had a favorite George Strait song, what would it be? So, you know, like favorites, it changes depending on your mood. But my go-to historically has been Troubadour. Oh, interesting. That's, uh, That's one I love to play with the band. I love to play solo acoustic for that song and it's uh you know it's one of those songs that i you know kind of identify with in you know kind of the sense that it's about you know life as a musician you know it's just what it's what we do and uh it's what we're going to do till the day we die that's fantastic i think my two george straits are going to have to be marina del rey oh my Um, gosh Right. It just, I absolutely, and you know, Amarillo by morning, I feel like you have to love that one, but yeah, I think Marina Del Rey is probably my favorite George Strait song. So, but you also, you do a whole show and what is all churched up? Is that what it's called? Yeah, we do our Eric church tribute show called all churched up. And, uh, you know, we play probably every six to eight weeks. We'll, we'll throw in an Eric church tribute show, kind of mix it up a little bit. And it's fun to, do something a little different with the band and uh, love Eric church. And, you know, the thing with Eric church is out of all the live country performers, I think he's the one, one of the ones that really delivers that hard hitting passion that you can feel. And you know, he'll, he'll admit he's not the best singer in the world. I love his voice, but like his delivery, you can feel it. It's just. Yeah. I mean, we went and saw him a couple years ago and it was, it was three hours and he played, I think he took a 20 minute intermission. Like I needed a break and you know, I was just dancing, <laughs> but yeah. one of like, honestly, one of the greatest live shows on the planet. So my, my favorite singer of all time is George Strait, but my favorite entertainer of all time is Bruce Springsteen and just got to see him in St. Paul last week. And it was amazing, but like guys like Eric church, Kenny Chesney, a lot of the really good energetic performers, they all study at the at the Bruce Springsteen camp. Like, you know, they they all go out and watch his shows. And, you know, Eric Church obviously wrote a big song about it, Springsteen. But uh, I remember uh, like 10 years ago going to Bruce Springsteen show at Excel and uh, Kenny Chesney was down in the front row. No way. Couldn't, couldn't recognize him. Little baseball hat, short guy. But uh, he was out there. Studying, studying at the master's feet. That is crazy. So how did you figure out he was there? Did he post something about it? Or do you like have peeps at the Excel Energy Center? Like, how did you have, figure that one out? I have some friends that work there. And, uh, you know, I, Kenny was in like the front row and uh, I was not. But uh, I was <laughs> hanging out, hanging out. I think I was actually playing. I was playing a post party across the street at uh, Eagle Street Grill. And uh, some people came over after the show. A lot of the workers come over there for a few nightcaps. And uh, 
they were like, did you see who was in the front row? And I'm like, no, Kenny Chesney. No, because I couldn't sell a kidney to afford front row seats to a Bruce Springsteen show. <laughs> well, especially now. And I mean, that's, you know, that's a whole tangent we could go off on when it comes to ticket prices. But yeah, I think uh, my my seats in St. Paul, I, I went and saw him in Tampa for his first show of this year, too. And uh, I've, I've never spent that much money on tickets ever in fact the ticket master fees alone were probably more than any individual ticket i've ever purchased in my life wow so you know the question i'm going to ask is was it worth it it was worth it and uh i will say you know springsteen 73 years old my favorite performer two of the guys in the east street band have died already unfortunately Mm -hmm. and so you know it's one of those things where it's like, this might be the last two or so. I'm like, I'll cough up the money this time and, uh, you know, sell a kidney, donate some plasma. Cut back I have a great, this lights. is like my favorite, my favorite, why I am in music and not a politician. I was um, dealing with someone one day and he, he deals in very high end cars and he was, we were having lunch and he leaned over to his assistant and he said, don't forget, we need to, call, we need to fix Clarence Thomas's radio. And I was like, holy cow. And he goes, you know who Clarence Thomas is, right? And I'm like, yeah, he's the saxophone player for the E Street Band. And he's like, or that's Clarence Clemens. Clarence Thomas Clarence. is a Supreme Court justice. <laughs> yes, yes. So that's the day I decided to just stick with music, right? That's funny. <laughs> so Tim, tell me about like your, 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 I never felt so foolish in my life, by the way. But then I was like, you know, hey, you get what you pay for it with me. Um, so, so tell me about like your road to deciding like I'm going to be because you, you weren't always a full-time musician, were you? I mean, there was a time that you, like, had to go to work oh, and do gosh. the things. And- yes. Yes. Believe it or not, there was a time when I had to wear khakis and sit in the cubicle for a short period of time. So, at one point, you were Jake from State Farm. and uh, Yeah, and, more or less, and- more or less. Tell me, like, what did that look like? Like, you were playing, like, you went to your regular job, and then you were playing gigs at night. Like, how, how, like, I think we're probably about the same age, but, like, what what did that time look like for you? And and tell me more about that. Well, I started my first band in probably 96 or 97. And uh, we were just doing, like, small-town local stuff in Owatonna, Minnesota. And it was in 98 when we finally knew enough chords and stuff to put together a song that we could really do well. And uh, we did the talent show down there. We won that and ended up winning several levels all the way up to the state fair and got to perform on the grandstand at the Minnesota state fair. And how about how old were you when this happened? Like what, like 18, are you kidding? Oh my gosh. So you were like a legitimate garage band, like practicing in your parents' basement. Awesome. So at 18, you're on the grand, the the main stage of the Minnesota state fair. Yeah. And it was a, it was a trip and uh, you know, jumbotrons and all that fun stuff. It was, uh, it was life changing. And it, uh, you know, I suppose it's the thing that uh, gave me this grand illusion of an idea that I could maybe, try to do this for a living someday and 
but at the same time, it was my senior year and uh, was off to college going to going to school to become a, a cop. So I went to law enforcement school and ended up moving to St. Paul and then uh, was trying to do the whole cop thing and gig when I could. But it was uh, not the small town anymore. So I was trying to get something going in the Twin Cities where there wasn't much of a country scene at all and uh, mm-hmm. just couldn't couldn't find venues to play at. There's only a few few venues that would have country bands and there's probably three three or four country bands that played in the Twin Cities at the time. Killer Hayseeds and High Noon and a couple others. I but, forgot uh, about the Killer Hayseeds. <laughs> yeah, they were great. I love those guys. You know, it's interesting because that, you know, we talk a lot, uh, you know, it, on these podcasts about really how country music has changed over the last 20, 25 years. And, you know, you, you've had a front row seat to that change as well. And, and I think what you just said is, is so, um, is so important in that, that there, there wasn't even anywhere to go play as a country musician in the late nineties. Was it the caboose? Wasn't that a, a big bar up there in the nineties that had some country and maybe a lot Amazing of the, the illegal activities. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, it's definitely one of the coolest venues up in the twin cities, I think, and gotten, gotten to play there a few times over the years. But uh, you know, I honestly, you know, this ties back into the Springsteen thing. I lived down the road from O'Gara's in St. Paul and uh, you know, there would be live music down there. And this is this has changed a lot too. Back then, there was live music five, six nights a week, and it was always packed. Didn't really matter who was playing. Just like it was, the live music scene was thriving, but there just wasn't a lot of country music going on. And, and the venues kind of were like, eh, country music's not our thing, and uh, kept getting shot down. And I, I had this, you know, love for Bruce Springsteen, and got to talking with the the owner of O'Gara is Dan O'Gara and he is obsessed with Bruce Springsteen too. And, and he's like, do you do any Springsteen? I'm like, yeah, I do a few Springsteen songs. And he's like, what you should do is you should do like a Springsteen tribute band or something like that. Then we'll, then we'll let you play here. And so that's what I did. So I, I shifted from country music to uh, start a Bruce Springsteen tribute band that lasted for a few years. And uh, you know, we still play some occasional country shows here and there. But uh, it was through the, the Springsteen tribute band that I got to meet a lot of the club owners and stuff. And once they got to know me, they trusted, you know, when I said, hey, I got this country thing, too, going. So, like, I know country music's not your thing, but if you give me a shot, I think we could sell some beer for you. And uh, they all gave me a shot and ended up working really well. And so uh, I'd say, you know, right around probably 2001, 2002, started uh you know a variation of the tim segler band which was you know pretty much almost exclusively country and we started to you know play all the bars in the twin cities and suburb bars and and it just kind of took off from there um and then it just kind of took off from there and you learned to you learn to, do you still kind of i mean are you still pretty much the same show or now do you do you kind of um go off in different directions. Like, you know, your audience basically, right? So know the audience. pretty much all. And it's all, well, the audience is always evolving and, and changing. And, you know, you get, you, you know, I remember fans that would come out 
two, three, four nights a week back in the day. Well, they're young. They get married. They have kids. They stop coming out. So now you got to learn to get, bring out a whole new crowd. And so it's constantly changing, constantly learning new songs, trying to, you know, figure out what the kids like. But at the same time, it's trying to, you know, be true to what you like as well. So, like, you know, I've, I've seen the evolution of country music, you know, how it's changed a lot. And some of it I'm not too keen on, but a lot of it I, I like as well. But I, I definitely have moments now where I, I feel like the old man, you know, where young kids are coming <laughs> out and asking for all these artists. I'm like, I never even heard of this guy. Who are you talking about? Like, Yeah, I mean, you, you that, again, you've had a front row seat to kind of this evolution of even how we find new music. Um, right and you know and people are saying oh you you need and, yeah. yeah and tiktok and youtube and you know we had ashley cook at country jam last year and you know i found her in the middle of a pandemic on tiktok one day and just kind of thought she was she sounded great and i just felt like she had she had something special and you know now she's got a label and she's on tour and you know it, it's it's crazy and i'm still not sure if she's played on the radio really that much so um, crazy. I, I just pulled up our historical line of Tim. You've played, you played 2010, 2011, 2012, 2016, and 2017. Um, and, and probably more than that, but that's, uh, that's what I pulled up here in our historical. So pretty cool. Um, I know it's, uh, I remember we did nine years in a row. So there's some in there that. Oh yeah. So well. we're missing some. Yeah. We're I remember, missing some. I remember at the time there was the only other band that had played more in a row than us was low cash. Yeah. <laughs> now and, those uh, guys, Oh my gosh. They're, have they ever it, crashed your stage? Cause they have a tendency to do that. They've never crashed our stage, but those guys put on a great show and like, they are great entertainers. So I always love to ask this, this question, because, you know, you play a lot of the fairs and festivals um, in the upper Midwest. And I think that's, that's always such a cool play because you end up on a ticket with an artist that, you know, might be on your bucket list, or you just can't believe that you're in the same, you know, green room space as them. And I, I go back to it in 2007, we had um, Dirk Bentley, um, of course, one of our headliners this year as well on, on yes, Thursday night, but we had Dirks in 07 and he still talks about the fact that it was the thrill of a lifetime for him because he played right in front of Bon Jovi amazing. and it was amazing. And it was, it, it, Dirks had a big day. Let's just leave it at that. So, so Tim, is there, is there someone that you've shared a stage with at a fair or a festival or an event that you just couldn't believe you were actually standing in the same space as them? Yeah. I mean, I think I've, I've, I've gotten to play different festivals and fairs with pretty much all the big heroes that I've, you know, loved um, with the exception. I've never got to do anything with, with Garth Brooks and I've never gotten to play the same day as George Strait. I, I remember one time doing a festival where George Strait was there a different night. And uh, that was like the one time I was star starstruck. Cause I got to, you know, kind of meet him and I was like, it was a, it was intense, but I've met a lot of guys, especially at country jam, you know, doing so many years there, but lots of, uh, lots of heroes. You know, I remember first time playing with you know, Tim McGraw was headlining one of the years there and he was one of the guys that, you know, I really wore out, you know, the cassette to cassette tapes to back in the day. And, uh, 
uh, gosh, my first year at Jam, that was probably one of the most memorable times. And that was when Blake Shelton was headlining. And this is back long hair, Blake Shelton days, you know, the. Oh, remote. yes. And, yes, uh, I should look and see if I can figure out when that was. And this is the only time this actually happened that I can recall. Just maybe in this because Blake Shelton was so, uh, you know, he's a, he's a tall guy. Was he like 6'4"? And he had the long yeah. hair. So you, you can recognize him. A lot of guys you don't recognize if they're not wearing the cowboy hat or whatever. But uh, we were we were opening the stage at uh, Country Jam. And I remember looking over and seeing Blake Shelton on the side of the stage watching us kind of like smiling and kind of like nodding. And as a young kid, I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Blake Shelton's watching us and looks like he's enjoying it. I and think so I would have passed fun. out. <laughs> it was it was one of the one of my best memories of, uh, you know, performing. And, and it was a jam. So thank you for that. I mean, I, I can't imagine like doing what you love and kind of just looking over your shoulder and seeing one of your heroes smiling at you, like validation, like, hey, you're killing it, kid. Like that's, yes, that has to be amazing. Great. That's it was cool. great. And you know, a lot of those, you know, performers, they're, you know, they're on the road so much that, you know, they probably are handed a chart saying like, this is where you're at. You're in, you know, Eau Claire, Wisconsin. And like, all right, Eau Claire. Cause it's, you know, it's, it's a grind sometimes. And, uh, you know, so it's like they get off the bus and, and do their thing. And some of them literally stay on the bus, go to the stage and they go back on the bus. So it was really cool to see Blake Shelton out there, like kind of hanging out. And there's been a lot of cool mem- you know, mom- moments at, at jam that I've had with, with guys that have, you know, just been great guys hanging out backstage and stuff. And, uh, Jake Owen, I remember hanging out with my parents were there and, uh, they were in the tent having lunch with Jake Owen. And I'm like, Hey, it was amazing. You know, how cool was that? I know. And you're looking at your parents and you're like, I did that. So I, I have a, I have a similar story. I have a very overachieving sister um, who's who's older than me and, you know, kind of the rock star of the family. And, you know, she's the has the MBA and went to the Air Force Academy. And I'm, you know, I'm the kid that does concerts for a living. And um, it was actually Tim McGraw. And my dad, for the first time, had come up to the festival. And um, I said, Dad, please get there early because I get so busy in the evening. And so, you know, he got there and it was evening. And I was going to take him back into VIP to get him dinner. And as we were walking by entertainer catering, the menu was posted out front and they were having duck. And he's like, oh, I love duck. Can I eat here? And I'm like, no, dad, you can't eat here. You, no. He's like, but I really like duck. And I'm <laughs> thinking, oh, my God, dad, really? And so he, the chef's like, come on over. You know, your dad can eat back here, Kath. So he sat down and he's going on and on and on and and, and Tim and Faith are sitting at the table next to us. And I kind of was like, hey, Dad, that's that's Tim McGraw. And he was like, no kidding. I said, yeah, my dad stands up and walks over and puts his hand on Tim McGraw's shoulder, which if you're in this business, you know, is a horrible idea. And I, I'm, I'm like, oh, God, I'm going to get fired. I'm going to get fired. And he said, you're Tim McGraw. And he turns around. He said, you know, yes, I am. And my dad looked him dead in the eyes. And he said, I, I am a huge fan of your dad. And it was such a moment for everyone. Like, because you expect, like, I'm a huge fan of you and your wife. And, you know, the kind of the whole Tim McGraw thing. And, and my dad right. grew up, you know, he, he played in the minor leagues in baseball and just, you know, 
never never went anywhere but god he loved watching tug mcgraw pitch yeah. And and I kid you not, Tim put his fork down, stood up, shook my dad's hand and said, well, thank you. It's always nice to meet someone, you know, who loved my dad. And like, what? <laughs> and I'm again, I'm sitting there thinking this is not going to end well. This is not going to end well. But yeah, you you have these moments when, you know, you realize just truly how human and, you know, it's it's their living room back there. You know, it's it's pretty cool. And, you know, you, you were talking about, you know, they wake up in the morning and, and I can remember going into catering one morning and there was a sign up that said, you know, good morning, Jake Owen crew or whomever, what crew it was. And it said, you are in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. The weather for today is your showtime today is like, it, it was literally like they had to tell them where they even were. <laughs> It's understandable because when you're living on a tour bus like that, it's it's not always as glamorous as people people think it is. No, I you think you're right. You know, and you don't know where you're at. You just, I mean, I think of people like you know that that you, you can't even speak to them. My mother, you can't speak to her until she's had two cups of coffee. And you know, you have to interact with society. Like they get up and they kind of stumble over to catering. Like, can I have some coffee? And you know, we've been up for three hours. We're like, good morning. <laughs> And it's like, they're like, no, it's really not yet. <laughs> yes. Um, and especially a lot of musicians, they, they tend to, to live the lifestyle the night before. So sometimes uh, those mornings are extra, extra difficult. Well, and I assume there's, there's a, you know, you know, in my house, like at nine 30, you know, you wash your face, you brush your teeth and you kind of wind down at 10 o'clock, you watch the news, but like at 10 o'clock, you're at the pinnacle of your energy for the day. Right. So how do you, how do you get off of stage? Like how long does it take you to go from like Tim Siegler, full band, screaming crowd to like eyes closed sleeping? Like what does that wind down period look like for you? Oh gosh, it's tough. You know, uh, a lot of Red Bulls and five hour energies and stuff you know, throughout the, <laughs> the night. And so you got the, uh, you got the, the sugar, the caffeine, all that stuff going. You got the adrenaline from the crowd. And so, you know, I remember, especially in my younger days where, you know, you couldn't sleep until, you know, five or six before you'd wind down. And then it's a, it's a tough cycle when you, especially if you have children or something like that. Or right. Have, yeah. They, they don't care what time yeah. you went to bed. <laughs> that's, that's for sure. That's so, for you sure. know, really it, it, it's, it's more about like you're at your, you're at your a game, you know, you're the crowd is crazy at midnight and then you got to pack up, drive home, shower, climb into bed and like get your mind to just slow down. And um, yep. so, so tell me, like, give me a typical Tim Sigler week. Like what does a week in the life of a musician look like? So like I mentioned, today is the start of my weekend. So, you know, I, which, I so if you're listening today is a Monday, so everybody can kind today's of a Monday. So. Mm-hmm. So if, you know, if, if I'm going to do anything where it's, you know, go hang out or, or do anything like that, it's going to be Mondays and Tuesdays typically would be my off nights, you know, my Friday and Saturday. So, uh, but unlike a lot of musicians, I, I'm the guy that does, you know, I, I don't have a manager or, a, or an agent or anything like that. So, you know, uh, Mondays are also the start of my, uh, you know, uh, business mode, I guess, where I have to, uh, jump into the computer and, and uh, answer emails and do all that fun stuff. 
but uh, but it's nice nice to have a, a couple nights off to rest the voice and to also you know just hang out and do do things that are you know just a little more low key try to reset the uh, adrenal glands a bit rest the right. liver a bit and uh, but then for me typically you know Wednesdays or Thursdays I'll I'll do an acoustic show sometimes both and then uh, and then it's off to the races from there on out because the band generally plays every Friday and Saturday and uh, you know the, the band shows are are intense a lot more work involved standing up and our, our shows are, are always pretty high intense intensity levels where it's uh you know not a lot of slow songs like with the band shows so it's uh, exhausting and then sunday you know sit on the bar stool here in stillwater every sunday and play acoustic shows for a few hours and and then, I, then i'm then i'm free for a few more days and then starts up again so it's a loaded question and the answer doesn't have to be country jam, but like, what's your favorite? Like if you could say tonight, I'm going to do exactly what I want to do as a performer. What would that be? Would that be a bar, a festival, a solo acoustic show? Like what's your favorite way to perform? So there's two things that I, I love more than anything else. And that's, uh, you know, really big hometown type crowds. So here in St. Paul, you know, Grand Old Days, always one of my favorite shows to play. Yeah. Just packed. And, you know, I look out into the crowd. There's, you know, thousands of people that cram into these parking lots on Grand Avenue. And I recognize almost everybody from, you know, over the years. And so it's it's always fun to see so many faces that you know in the crowd that are having a good time under under, you know, the sun, you know, playing music. So I love that. I love the outdoor shows. And then I also love the festival shows because as a performer that plays almost, you know, you know, now it's, you know, like I said, things changed after COVID a little bit. So I'm not doing quite as many shows as I used to, but I'm still doing, you know, three to five shows a week. So it ends up being a lot of shows per year still. I never get to see bands play, which is you know, it's my job, but it's also my passion. Like, I love watching live music. And so the festivals are amazing because I get to play and I get to watch other bands play. And that's what I love about jam is, like, you know, we get to kick things off and then watch them, watch another band play. Then, you know, then we'll play again, watch another band play and stick around and watch. You know, this year we'll be there with when Dirk Bentley's headline. And I love Dirk Bentley, so I can't wait for that. I know. And, you know, Jansen is right in front of him. And I don't know if you've seen Jansen yet, but he likes the stage on fire. So, you know, he's one you got to spend a couple minutes watching because he's insane. He's intense. I got to see him for the first time. Uh, my girlfriend and I took my daughter who goes to school down in Florida. Uh, we went down to uh, St. Petersburg and saw Travis Tritt headline a, a show when Chris Jansen opened for him. And I was like, oh, my God. I'm like, what is that guy on? He's he, he's must drink like ten Red Bulls because he's running around crazy, high energy. Nope, he's like, straight up Mountain Dew and Skittles. That's what we learned about Chris Jansen. God, those, those are his non-negotiables: are Mountain Dew and Skittles. So I love nice. it. I love it. Well, you know, Tim, I I'm so excited um, to have you back um, this year. And I mean, what an honor! You're going to be the first band to play at our new location uh, just on the north side of northwest side of Eau Claire. Um, 
So hopefully, you know, we have all the bugs worked out by the time we put you up on stage. And so for those of you listening, you're going to be able to find the Tim Siegler Band uh, opening up at two o'clock on Thursday, um, uh, July yikes, 20th uh, at our festival site. And then you guys are going to head up to our brand new Twisted Tea High Country, play a couple sets up there. And um, it's going to be a great way to uh, kick off the all new crazy new country jam. And um, thanks for taking some time with us today. We love talking to you. We love having you and uh, we'll look forward to July. What do you say? I'm so excited. I can't wait to see the new place. And I'm just excited to be back, back with the jam family again, because it's been, been a few years since we've done it. And we're just, we're so thrilled and honored. So thanks for having us back and we hope to see you all on that Thursday kickoff jam come come bright and early people and uh, yes. cheer us on sounds great well thanks my friend you have a great day thanks Kathy thanks everyone at Country Jam and everyone listening we'll see you all this summer mm-hmm.